Free the hops, a path to crushability. Today, we talk with John of Braided River Brewing Company about the 2008 Free the Hops movement in Alabama, exploring America's best-kept secret and beers of a crushable nature. The name Braided River is inspired by the Mobile Tensaw River Delta, often referred to as America's Amazon for its biodiversity. And it, and I quote from Braided River themselves, describes the way multiple rivers come together in the Delta. They slow down, spread out, and crisscross with one another before making their way to the bay. We know life is at its best when we can slow down and connect with one another. End quote. Very well said. And what a great and perfect parallel with enjoying a cold brew with friends. Last week, we talked historical figures, bangers and mash, and English porters. Today, I want to delve a little more into the city of Mobile itself. The people that live there, its history, and the beer they drink, the beer they enjoy, the beer they crush. I cross a red brick road to grab some brunch. Over my BLT and coffee, I take a beer quiz app installed on my phone in preparation for the Cicerone exam. No rest for the thirsty as they say. My eyes float up towards the tap handles above the bar. A braided river tap captures my attention. It reminds me that my interview with John is in an hour, and so I pocket the beer quiz, finish my coffee, drive past the various parks, historical landmarks, restaurants, and shops. I actually pass the store with Mr. Beans, the bookstore cat in it, and I wonder how he's doing. I hope they're feeding him the cat gogurt things that all the cats like. Uh, but I, I can't confirm or deny. I park my van, meet John, who pours me a sessionable IPA. We sit down, and we begin to talk. Tell me a little bit about your history before you got here at Braided River. Yeah, so you know, 2008 was the year that we, quote-unquote, freed the hops in the state of Alabama. That's when our laws passed to allow for the sale and production of craft beer in the state. And so we're relative to the rest of the country, new to the scene, right? Only 2008. I mean, we're you know talking 15 years on from that. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And so that was also the year. Uh, so I was 21 in 2008, turned 22 and later that year. But when, so when the hops were freed, I was new to legally drinking beer at that point. Yeah. And, um, and so all this new industry opened up in the state breweries opening, you know, for the first time we were, we were able to drink things we made ourselves, which, you know, all this, we'd had stuff imported from other states, craft from elsewhere, yeah. uh, but this this was ours. And so there was a massive boom in, Bur- in Birmingham, particularly, that was one of the hubs of it. You know, you've got your originals, like the oldest brewery in the state, Good People Brewing Company. I mean, they've been doing good stuff for a long time. Um, and then, you know, you, Mobile never really had much of a brew scene up to that point, but. And, and um, Birmingham is how you got into craft beer. Yeah, so that's, that's right. Start. Yeah. That's where I'm from, um, and I and I had opportunity just working in the service industry there, kind of link up with some breweries, and and that got me involved early on. Um, and I and I left and did other stuff, and you know I never really at that point was more than 
um, just a, a bartender in a tap room. And I don't want to, you know, dominionize that at all because I think yep. it is actually the one of the most important things. It's I where agree. people actually start to experience craft beer for the first time on a local level. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was one, and I got really into it. And you know, it's uh, you talk to a lot of people. I think they have one of a few reasons what got them into this industry. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it is partially the taste, enjoying the product itself. But for me, a lot of it is uh, things made locally here for local people. We we don't ship our beer, you know, more than just a couple hundred miles away from here. Right, right. And really, our core sales territory is is our home base is here in Mobile, Baldwin County, around the Alabama Gulf Coast, right, uh, Lower Alabama, as we call it. There's a lot of stuff to do. I was just walking around today. It's yeah. pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's America's best kept secret. Don't tell people though. I won't. This is just for you to listen. This is just for my personal want. use. <laughs> America's best kept secret. Genuinely, is isn't that far off? It's a great town. I, I really enjoy Mobile, and I apologize for spreading the secret a bit, John. My bad. I'll send you a six pack as compensation. As alluded to earlier last week, we talked about Ol. Iron Hand, an important figure in the founding of Mobile and the namesake for Iron Hand Brewing. But we never really got into the city of Mobile. So here's a classic beer nomad rapid fire. I hope you're ready. Facts about the city of Mobile. Number one, Mobile has different nicknames. The Port City, the City of Six Flags, and the Gateway to the Gulf. Number two, Mobile is the ninth largest port in the United States and the 12th busiest. They're also the home port to Carnival Cruise Line ships. Number three, red fire ants were first introduced to the U.S. through the Port of Mobile in the 1930s. Thank you a lot for that. Number four, Mobile is home to five MLB Hall of Famers, Hank Aaron, Billy Williams, William McCovery, Satchel, Page, and Ozzie Smith. Number five, Mobile was the first city in Alabama, founded in 1702, a full 117 years before Alabama became a state. Number six, Mobile, surprisingly, is actually one of the rainiest cities in America, with more than five annual feet of rain. Number seven, and finally, on New Year's Eve, Mobile drops the world's largest 600-pound electric moon pie. During the street party, you can also dig into the world's largest edible moon pie. That's pretty cool. With that, let's get back to John about growing up in a state without local craft beer. I have a question about growing yeah. up without craft beer and the introduction yeah. <laughs> to that. I mean, so was it weird tasting craft beer for the first time? How was that transition? Because uh, I've never, I, never heard of that before. I hope we're past the... Uh the point of liability uh, for me to tell you this, but uh, <laughs> uh, so early on when these craft breweries were popping up and this is 2006, 2007, this was before it was technically legal. Yeah. A lot of these guys would have canning parties. And so you'd help them can. They didn't have any money. None of them had any money. There was no big investment from somewhere else to start, you know, craft beer movement here. But, uh, but you did basically pay you in product. So, you know, you'd go help can for a few hours. You'd get a case of some, super heady double ipa you'd show up to a college party with this beer that everyone thought tasted like grass and uh, yeah <laughs> like no guys you don't get it this is the future man and i know you haven't had it yet but you'll be drinking it soon uh, you know like, so you were in on it from the start though. yeah low level though 
you know, yeah. I wasn't an innovator. I wasn't pushing it or anything. I was just there for the free beer. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but no, and that, so that, that was it. And that was cool. Cause it was, you know, new to us. Um, yeah. you know, you travel, yeah. you friends that went to college out of state, which I did. Um, then you would, you know, you, you find these other things and say, well, you don't have this where I'm from. You know, this is great. But, uh, yeah, now we have it. And I think, to be honest, I think we've got some of the best beer in the country. I mean, I think uh, the Alabama beer scene has really blossomed in its short life. I'll start by saying this, and it should be obvious. I am no lawyer. Kind of the furthest thing from a lawyer, actually. Uh, but looking into the progression on alcohol regulation for production and distribution, specifically in Alabama, is actually kind of fascinating. I'll try to condense this as much as I can. As John said, Alabama freed the hops in 2008. After that, if you start to look into it, the government regulation on Alabama breweries slowly begins to relax. I'm using, and will quote, an article written by Shauna Stewart for AL.com in 2021. There was a bill in 2021 entitled HB 539, which allowed, quote, a brewery or brew pub to sell up to 864 ounces of beer per customer, end quote. Essentially, that kind of tripled the amount that they could sell per day to customers off-premise. Now, HB 539 is an expansion of the 2016 Growler Bill, which, quote, allowed breweries to start selling limited amounts of alcohol to customers for consumption off-premises. The Growler Bill also allowed breweries in Alabama to open in areas other than historic districts or economically distressed areas, end quote. And both of these measures came a year after a commission was formed to examine the state's alcohol laws related to licensing and the three-tier system of alcohol distribution, which we'll probably talk about in a future episode. And post-pandemic, these laws were relaxed even further. So suffice to say, let's slow down a bit. It's interesting, looking back at 2008 to now, the progression that's happened in terms of alcohol distribution and sales. Whew. All right, that's a bit dry for my taste. And I'm no lawyer, as I said, and as is obvious, but it's kind of incredible how complicated uh, enjoying a, a beer can be and how less complicated it's getting in Alabama. Anywho, whew, take a breath with me. Let's talk about beer with John. You're working for such a great uh, brewery. Well, thank I, you. I, I was telling you, I was here before and I didn't notice until I walked in the door. I'm like, Oh man, like I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of this brewery, what was the transition like between moving from Birmingham to moving here and working here? How yeah, did that I mean, look? Mobile's got such a great history of throwing the best parties in the country, right? I mean, it's the birthplace of Mardi Gras. Um, you know, and I'm, you've just come from new Orleans. So they have a lot of opinions about Mardi Gras, yeah. As long as they understand they got it from us, you know, and they're welcome, <laughs> by the way, to any new, uh, any listeners out there. I'll pass it along. Yeah, let them know. Uh, but, you know, this is a great party town. I mean, we, we throw great big parties here and people are always ready to to throw a party and, you know, be, anybody can show up and have a good time. That's sort of the nature of Mobile. Yeah. But it's never really been much of a beer town. Mm. So, I mean, North Alabama's got a lot of great breweries. Uh, you know, Dothan's got a couple of older ones as well down in southeast Alabama, but Mobile's never really had much staying power in terms of keeping a brewery, sustaining it, and then seeing it grow. Across the Bay, Fairhope's done a really great job. They're the oldest brewery around here. Okay. 
uh, and they, they do a lot of good stuff as well. We're, we've partnered with them in the past. We share a distribution house. They're great folks over there. Mm. But, um, you know, th- no one was really carrying that flag for the city of Mobile. And so to, okay. to be able to come here, see the work that, you know, David Nelson, the original brewers, you know, Hannah Shakeman, uh, mm. Brogan Rob, people that have come through here, they're really great and talented beer people. The yeah. work they've done to sort of build this and then put it in a position to be sustained and to continue to grow at a, at a steady pace. Yeah. It's been great. I mean, it's, it's a joy to actually, to, you know, come to work here, honestly. Yeah. And it seems like they have a mission statement. I, usually when I'm researching breweries, I won't look into it if it doesn't have an about section. Yeah. <laughs> and Braided River has a very, uh, there's a substance behind the name. Can you talk on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we, you know, you're here in the tap room and this won't mean much to people who are just listening, but I mean, there's homages to the Delta all around us. I mean, there's paintings, there's artwork, even our logo is sort of representing the five rivers that, uh, that feed Mobile Bay. And then, you know, they disperse into the Mobile Bay Delta. Yeah. And so we're, we are very heavily connected to that. Everything we do here, we play on the water, we eat the things that come out of the water. Um, it's a big part of life here. And so I think that's, that's where the brand comes from. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, it's who we are. I mean, we're, we're people that just live along the Delta and that Delta is the lifeblood of this area, whether it's the transportation, the big ship, you know, docks and stuff that come here or the manufacturing that's along it. Yeah. Or, you know, like I say, like the things that come out of it itself. So it's, it's a major part of what it is to live here. And that's where sustainability comes in as well, right? Absolutely. I was reading you guys are very, very much into that too, which is, which is awesome. You never want to see someone trash your home, right? I mean, you know, that that's, you that's consider them unwelcome guest if they started to do that. And so we, uh, yeah, we, we feel that way here. I mean, we, we want to be good stewards of where we live because we love it and we're, and we're proud yeah. to call it home. So. What, what beers do you guys focus on here? Do, do you do it all or, or what, what's the, yeah, I'm getting really into seltzers now. Um, oh yeah. No, okay. no I mean, bit. we do a little <laughs> bit of seltzer, but, uh, no, we never judge anybody for anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we're probably a little less hop heavy than we normally are uh, just looking at what's available, but yeah, um, we, we have a driving ethos on the beer we make and that is, that's beer made for here. So it's, mm. it's hot most of the year. You know, we really don't get a lot of cold weather. It's temperate winters and very warm, humid summers. Yeah. And so our beer is mostly about balance and sessionability. Those are, those are two sort of core values that we have whenever we make anything. And so you know, even our IPA, it's not this hot monster. I mean, it is, it's got a nice tropical fruit wash. It's, it is fruit forward as well. Um, and it's, and it's sessionable, you know? Yeah. That's the key to my heart. Sessionable, (laughs) good beer. And this IPA is very, very crushable. Fantastic. I have a question I want to ask you that I ask almost everybody. Why do you keep doing what you're doing? No, that's a good question. I mean, you know, the obvious reasons, uh, I have two kids and, you know, bills and, uh, all that, but, um, and my, you know, my wife's a school teacher, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a kept man yet, though someday, someday I will well, yeah, be. We yeah. start paying teachers appropriately. Yep. yep. But um, no, it's it's like I said, it's a joy to come to work here because it, the 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 way we position ourselves in our own community, we're tied very closely with a lot of great organizations. Mm-hmm. We are connected to a lot of groups like Mobile Baykeeper, Alabama Coastal Foundation, you know, the South Alabama Land Trust, and we through you know that partnership get to sort of pitch in on the good work that they do mm. while doing the work that we do and yeah. it's it's just it's satisfying to be involved with that and also yeah. this is just a fun place to be i mean the, yeah. the people that work here are great we you know we have like you came in there's a bunch of people in here it's just it's a fun place to be it's just, just a nice place yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, and you have a reputation too i was in uh, gulfport mississippi mm. at least two people told me to come here when i told oh, them right on. yeah right. yeah so well, so there you go uh john thank you so much for talking thanks for meeting up with me thanks for pouring this beer 
Absolutely. Uh, thanks for working here. It's a, it's a great place to be. Well, thanks for visiting us. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, John. Cheers. It's truly a great place to be. I would recommend going to Mobile. I'd recommend going to Braided River. I'd recommend going to Iron Hand to anyone that asks. And speaking of Mobile, Mr. John has some recommendations for those who are curious. There's one thing that you must see before you die, and that is Mardi Gras. But that's, you know, you get one shot at that a year, just a couple weeks of a big old party. If you can make it in your lifetime, do it. It's a very different experience from other Mardi Gras in this country, specifically New Orleans. It's, you know, a bit more debaucherous. It's on a bigger scale here. A little more low-key, a little more family-friendly. It's a good party. I wouldn't miss it. Some other bucket list places that I think, you know, if you're if you're within 100 miles of Mobile, you just you zip on down, you see them. Uh, Callahan's Irish Social Club in the Oakley neighborhood, Oakley Garden District. Can't miss it. It's 1946, I believe. It's uh, an old Irish social club known for their great hamburgers, great beer selection. They were early adopters to the craft beer scene, you know, and it's the type of place where you might just expect a, you know, $3 Budweiser, but it is... That's not what it is at all. I mean, they've got a huge selection of local craft. They pretty much only put either Gulf Coast or in-state breweries on their tap wall. Uh, they're really dedicated to making sure people get the best of the best locally. John Thompson, the guy who owns it, has got a real big, uh, you know, got big eyes for that. And so he's, he's really dedicated a lot to it. The Blind Mule in downtown Mobile, Ed Walker's the owner of that place. Great southern food, great Cajun food, sort of a Mobile-specific type of delicacy. So you're thinking red beans and rice, you know, Koneka sausage. Do you have a favorite di- dish from there? Like a I'm a big dish. red beans and rice guy. I think every couple of weeks I got to have it or I can start to feel a tick in my body. So it's, you know, that fried catfish, those are the two things that uh, I have to eat to, so I don't wither away <laughs> and suffer. Um, and then I would say lastly, uh, you know, one of the great things that we do here is some of the best seafood in the country. And I think most people know that some of the best seafood that this country has to offer, period, is from the Gulf Coast. And so there's, uh, you know, get down to the causeway, places like R&R, you can get fresh hot crawfish, great seafood, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a do not miss type of place. It's a cool setting, you know, up on the post, elevated restaurant, you're kind of, one side you look out to the bay, which leads into the Gulf of Mexico, the other side you're looking up into the delta, and it's just a beautiful setting. You'll see an alligator swimming underneath you, but it's uh, definitely some place you want to go. N- not to worry. Not to worry. No, you're elevated. You're, they can't yeah, climb stairs well. Okay. So, yeah. And they're well fed, so they're not worried about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thank you for listening to the Beer Nomad podcast. If you found any value in the show, please rate and subscribe wherever you're listening. It helps me produce this content. It helps the show. Additionally, you can check out where I'm going, what's going on, on my Instagram at the Beer Nomad Fan. Thank you to John. Thank you to Braided River. Thank you to the city of Mobile for being great. That is it for this week. Thank you so much. Drink good beer and be good to each other. Cheers. Mm-hmm.